Hello and welcome to SPS Unscripted, a podcast between two friends who have never met, living in opposite ends of the UK, connected by a rare neurological disease called Stiff Person Syndrome. Our journey to soul sisterhood started via messages, supportive messages, which has now grown into a wonderful journey of empathy, encouragement and learning to live the best version of ourselves. Join your hosts, L&M, for some cosy chit-chat, pour yourself a drink, make yourself comfortable as we discuss all things life. Hello and welcome back to SPS Unscripted Podcast. How are you all beautiful souls? I hope you're having a wonderful day. Today there is no set topic of conversation for this podcast, but rather Lindsay and I sharing openly how we have both been feeling and coping physically, psychologically and cognitively these past few difficult weeks. So as always, Lindsay will start the podcast with a beautiful, inspirational quote. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, sweetheart. So here we go to another podcast. Yeah. And good morning, beautiful souls. Once upon a time, all was well. Then it wasn't, but then it was again. Life is always changing, so learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable sometimes. And find peace in the knowing that nothing is permanent, whether it be something bad or something good that you are experiencing. Nothing ever stays the same. And that's by Lindsay Clark. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, because I was going to say how poignant and <laughs> how fitting. So, oh, that's absolutely beautiful, Lindsay. And indeed, um, very fitting, I think, for today's podcast because we have topics lined up that we've we've discussed that we would like to to bring to the podcast. But upon climbing out of where, where we have been these last few weeks, um, of a hiatus of not recording due to, to, to our health, we, I think we both felt that we were just not in a space to go into these topics. Um, it would have been unnatural for us. It would not have been unscripted as such. There would have required some preparation, which you and I, we don't like to do. We like to just flow. Yeah. Yeah. And chat. So today's podcast is How Are You, My Friend? Really? That's right. And I think the really on the end really? is so super, super important because when someone asks me how I am, it's generally all is well, my friend, all is well. Yeah. And then I continue to move forward. But from the last couple of weeks, I've learned a lot about myself. You know, I've grown personally within yet again a few more tiny footsteps along this healing journey of, you know, when I said of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's a big thing to do. But also um, allowing those who are closest to you to enter into your heart because it's in that space where yes we shine the brightest 
but also where our deepest struggles are. And that has been really, really hard for me. And thanks to my dear friend this week who picked up the phone. (laughs) And there we are. And kind of brought um, a crack into the shell that I've kept around my heart of, no, no one's coming in. No one needs to see this. No one needs to hear it. And sitting there with those emotions and feeling love from a friend from another human being to say, I see you, I hear you, and I'm right here for you. And I think for anyone dealing with any sort of disease or even life situation where they feel that they have lost control, or maybe that's not the best way to put it. As I said to you, um, it is like treading water And you're using that bit of energy that you have left to keep treading water until your legs cramp and you start sinking. And even then, I would not wave my hand (laughs) and reach out to anyone and say, please help me, please help me. And this week, in my own way, (laughs) I did and I started opening up and allowing that crack of the shell around my heart to pierce, you know. Um, and, and it has been quite some journey over the last couple of weeks. And I think if we just take a step back, digress a bit to where those of you who had listened to the uh, previous podcast, I was on my way to book a shepherd's hut or a little log cabin to go and spend the week with my my hubby for his birthday um, away in nature to just to reconnect, have some lovely time together, be with nature. That's where I find my healing. Um, And with that, when I got off the laptop after recording uh, for you guys, I was running a raging temperature and not knowing why I was feeling so unwell. And this is my problem, Em, and you know this, I will keep pushing through and pushing through and just keep saying, all is well. And whether that be in a physical sense um, and what SPS is doing physically to my body, or even in a mental, emotional sense, what SPS is is bringing in um, to my mind and my heart, you know? And this has been a very valuable lesson over the last couple of weeks of Lindsay, stop, my darling, please just stop. Reach out to the people who do care about you and who love on you and just stop. Breathe, breathe. Yeah, I think, Lindsay, as I, you know, I, I often repeat is I think you're incredibly hard on yourself. And just to go back to that podcast, um, the colour was draining from you. And, you know, I think we were laughing at the end and we were saying, that's a bit personal. <laughs> the colour was going. And prior to that podcast, an hour before, I was saying to you, Lindsay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to record So we both learned a lesson in Mm. some respects from that. What I wanted to say, just listening to you now, is that there are two things. First of all, when we try to protect our families from how we're really feeling, because this isn't just something with regards to, I mean, you've had three 
nasty viruses in sequence you know you've had a, mm. a the trinity <laughs> of of viruses over the summer, over the winter but and i've lost my train of thought and that, that's where i am at the moment my 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 cognition goes but yes yeah, so we this isn't just about a virus or flu and then you recover so it's a short term with regards to having um sps and an additional viral activity in your body it just intensifies mm-hmm. everything so it becomes this static hub um, and your body's working incredibly hard so you know if it was just a virus or just not just the flu because my gosh that winter flu was something else yeah then we could probably be more outreaching towards our family and say I'm not feeling well oh my gosh you know I've got a sore head and we could be more verbal but because we're aware of this, how long this SPS journey has been for both of us, we're very mindful of how and the words that we speak can impact upon someone else's day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we try to have that facade to so that they're not feeling carer strain, they're not feeling burnout. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so that's one thing. The, the other thing... Um, was you know just listening is I you know me very well and I know you and this is where this the topic you know that today's um podcast how are you my friend really mm-hmm. as in come on now I know your tone I know with the way you're you're messaging I know if you rep- you reply all is well I think yeah Lindsay I'm on to you and I'll be <laughs> recording and to give me 10 minutes this kettle boils and I'll be on and recording um to find out you know <laughs> And vice versa, you'll come on and go, how are you, my darling? Are you, are you really okay? And I think, ah, oh, she's on to me. <laughs> um, so there's no hiding from this one. And I think, um, you know, we have been very open with one another in recorded WhatsApp messages. But I think the other day um, was, was a place where, you know, I really recognised my, my friend was drowning she, she, you know, and, and you were trying to keep up that facade because your hubby had the annual leave and you were so, so disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And, and I knew you were feeling that pressure because I feel like that too. When we go on holiday or we do anything, I always feel that I'm the one that everyone's almost trying to look to see, is it okay to proceed? Mm-hmm. And oh, that, that pains me gratefully. It really, you know, really, really hurts right in the, in the heart. And, 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 and then it just feeds the SPS, doesn't it, as well? So uh, it's a yeah. vicious cycle. Yeah. And, and we both, what we both learn from this is um, just actually talking face-to-face instead of those WhatsApp messages was more beneficial and, and actually conserved more energy. Yeah, yes, it yeah, did. and at the end of sometimes you know as we as if we're in a dark place and we've recorded our message and then you almost come off and think oh I sh- I should just I shouldn't have sent that through, mm. whereas with the face to face conversation we could smile and laugh and typical Lindsay and M going off in a tangent and then coming back to the serious stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I th- think what we you know we both got from that was that we're both so used to hiding I said to you I hid this diagnosis Mm -hmm. for I mean we're talking 14 years Lindsay when I look back to recognizing the symptoms 
losing the power of my legs and then getting up to work the next day. Who does that, Lindsay? I keep asking myself, who does that? Who would do that? Um, you're crazy, you know, as in me, I, I am crazy. And I didn't disclose this diagnosis until I experienced um, a freezing episode, as you know, at a, at a school event. Um, and I was aware that many of the school community had witnessed that and it was causing me great distress because it looked absolutely bizarre. And all I could think in my, my mind was attention-seeking Munchausen's because that was me and the inner critic giving me a beating. So very much like you, I, I would just resort and, and retreat into myself. And... I think, though, um, I think it's important to say here that we both actually have very supportive families. Um, mm -hmm, our, mm -hmm. our hubbies are so in tune with us, oh. with the respect of, I love you. And this is not a problem for me. I love you. You yeah. know, talk to me. I'm here. So, yes. and even with, you know, my eldest daughter, because, you know, she's a young woman, she's not, she, she's not yeah. a child. And even she, you know, is, I'm, I'm here, mind mum, I'm right here, talk to me. Yeah, so she's a sweetheart. That's, that's not the case as in there is no support network. Oh, I, no, no. I think what we're trying to say here is it's within us, the, we go back full circle to the, the acceptance but yeah. it's how we deal as um, a human being with the active disease in our bodies and the pressure that we feel that, that we're putting onto yes. others, that we're projecting, that we're stopping them from living, that we're stopping their joy and, and yes. their... I mean, there was my hubby, there was nothing wrong with him. He was quite fine to go on that beautiful log cabin glorious retreat, you know. It was me, Muggins, here that was, <laughs> that was unwell yet again. Oh, you, you troublemaker, know? you. But then... <laughs> When you you close yourself away from your family, then what? What do you do? Because you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart because you don't want them to be upset or hurt or no. to, to constantly hear from you, I'm suffering. I feel I am suffering. I don't even feel that I am living in this world right now. Um, and then when you connect with someone who also has this disease within their body and their um their emotions and their thoughts are in sync with yours that's when you feel okay maybe i can open up a bit here and maybe i don't have to feel like i'm going stir crazy and drowning in all of this because quite clearly lindsay's not on her own with this so, you know, I, I think when someone feels completely alone with a disease, it's terrifying. So the whole point of this conversation here is to say those who are listening, you don't need to be scared of those emotions and those feelings. Let, let them come up, feel them and know that it's normal and that it's OK to not be OK sometimes. 
And if there is someone that really does love and understand you, don't be afraid to open up your heart because it can make this journey so much easier. Indeed. And, and the, I think those were the words we were speaking the other day, weren't we, of don't be afraid to fail. You will come back from those, those emotions. It's the fear of will, will it smother me? and sink me but no you will come back if if you talk about it now mm-hmm. um and it's funny because as you speak of family and and you're right I, I have great support and again there was something that was hitting me there of not wanting to constantly remind family members that you know this disease is here and not it for it not to become a family disease, you know, not to, but, but the reality is, is that we forget that our family can see us. Mm. We think within that we're, we're still keeping up this facade, but our family can see us. And sometimes it would actually ease the tension a little if they, if you were to say, I'm not feeling too great today. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. So it's just a bad day. There's nothing else that you're, you know, you're ruminating or you're worrying about. And what came to mind was, as you know, Lindsay, as we allude to, where where on earth have we been these last three weeks? Well, probably to hell and back, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, was one of the, the situations where, I, you know, I was speaking to my eldest son and my husband and um, because he, he's a lot older now, you know, he's a young man and he actually, you know, he speaks so much sense and he said, what is it you're so scared of, mum? And I said, well, I don't want to impose this on you. I want you to go off and fly and just be you. Um, and I feel at times because I can't give enough of myself to you because all I want to do is give all of myself to you. That's all I want to do is live for my family. I just want to pour myself out to you. And I said, and sometimes because I'm not feeling too well, I feel sometimes I might be a wee bit shorter than what I would normally be, mm-hmm. you know. And he started to laugh with a genuine laugh. And um, he's like, are you honestly kidding on here? And I'm like, no, I feel as though like I'm the bad cop. And it really, him and my husband just looked at one another and it was a, I could see it was a genuine laugh of like, is this your self-perception? Because if anything, it's the complete opposite. And another thing that he said to me was, Mum, you need to stop worrying that if we come home from school or, you know, wherever we've been and you're lying on the sofa with the blanket over you resting. He said, that doesn't affect us. That actually just thinks, oh, Mum's having a rest before dinner. Oh, do you know what? Um, I connect connect Mm -hmm. with that um, because when my daughter comes home from work, the time that she finishes is generally the time where I'm I am like done for the Me day. Too. I am done and I am cozied back up in my bed. And I think oh, now she left and I was in bed. She's come home and I'm in bed. What impact is this having on, you know, this young woman in, in front of me because I do you know what the words that I say to her over and over again is you can do be and have anything in this life my darling go get it go get it go live your life you know and I'm I'm, I'm speaking these words and I think but what impact are they having when she sees mum in this bed and it, 
And I try and explain to her that my life is fruitful and it is full of all wondrous things. Just because I'm by here, it doesn't mean that I'm still not living an amazing life. Now, when I come unstuck with that is when emotionally I become unstuck within myself. That's when it all falls apart and that's on me. So what she sees, and I hope what she truly does see, is this woman, her mum, that is doing amazing things with her life, even though this disease has come in through the door and sometimes, you know, hits her about quite hard. Yeah. But it's those feelings that we have inside as mums of, okay, what is this doing to my child? Because I pray to God that this doesn't have an effect on her, you know, the, the negative effect. Yeah. Um, and that those words that I do speak stay with her in her heart. And she goes and she lives her life and knows that mum is just fine. Yeah, it, it's a, a very um, delicate topic, Lindsay, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, regardless of mum, dad, carer, grandparent, sister, brother, um, you know, if you're close to someone and you have this disease or you have ill health that is is a long term condition. And as I say to you, I'm okay when I'm not feeling SPS or when I'm bigger than SPS. But going to where I have been these these past few weeks you know, that morning of the podcast and, and you saying, are you really okay? And I'm thinking, yep, just give, give me, give me a, you know, another half an hour and I'll be with you. And then I appeared on screen with my makeup and everything. And, <laughs> and then there, there's you with your wee pale face, you know, cause I'm thinking I must, I must try and look a bit healthier because as I've said to you, if I see the face looking back at me, it doesn't frighten me as much. Yes. But where have I been these last three weeks um, and where does it connect with what we were talking about now? It, it, it has been hell on earth from a chronic fatigue and perspective. And as I said to you, there must be another terminology. I know we don't like labels, but chronic fatigue or extreme chronic fatigue, neurological fatigue, does not encapsulate what this fatigue feels like. This is not chronic fatigue in the sense of, um, you know, even just trying to draw your last breath. The words that I use, and forgive me for anyone who, who is terminally ill, but I feel terminally ill. I feel there that I it's not panic. There is no panic in my mind. It's a full physical physiological experience of this is it this is it um I'm not I'm not going to win this time I'm not going to see this through and as much as you try to stay in that calm state which to a degree you are you know because you think just lie and allow the sun to shine through but even then, your body, the way you're feeling, you think, regardless of whether that sun shines through or not, it's not going to help today. And then when those small snippets of energy do come, you know, you, you want to, well, for me, I think if I could even just pop some pasta in a pot and take that, that part of the, 
in my mind that's, that's ruminating of here we go again, Em, here we go again, here we go. It's all hands on deck because you're, you're sick. And I said to you as I was pulling the pan out of the cupboard, I was crying inwardly and saying, please don't do this to me, please. Um, and I know this is all very dark stuff, but I know that Lindsay and I will flip this on its head. But I do want to share it because I think it is important for if there is someone else out there feeling like that. I want to connect with you because I don't want you feeling alone. And in, I was silently crying and thinking, when I take this pot out, this will be the last time I do this. I give up. I give up. And that evening, um, I remember my children weren't in the room and my husband was folding, washing, and, and I just turned around and I, I wept like an animal. And we sat on the sofa and he didn't speak. He just sat with me. And I said, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than me. And it's going to win. And that's all I could think. And I did utter the words, perhaps you should just drop me at A&E and allow them to admit me to neurology because I cannot, I cannot see another way through of this. And we spoke of, did the tears help? And I do think tears can be cathartic. Sometimes there, there is perhaps tension been held that we're unconscious of as well as feeling so physically poorly and I think just allowing that that release was cathartic um his silence was cathartic there was no like we will fix this it mm -hmm. was just somebody sitting with me saying I can see everything I acknowledge everything I have no answers other than I'm here and that his silence um, spoke louder than words at that moment and I did say to him I, I give up I need to stop now and I did I did remember as you I said to you I, I stopped for two weeks and I didn't visit my mum and I didn't cook the dinner um, and I, you know I had to allow life to, to just flow around me um, because if I tried to fight that, I would have ended up in hospital, I think. But also, what would have happened there is there wouldn't just have been a, a physical, physically sick person in the house, but it was escalating to becoming psychologically quite unwell with it. And I said to you, I was having this maniacal laugh and you, you messaged me and said, are you okay? Because normally when you laugh like that by the end of the night, you're almost in tears. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this woman knows me well. Um, and actually my husband said the same thing because my, my younger two were then enjoying mum having this uncontrollable laughter, which is, you know, it's an intrinsic part of my personality anyway, um, to have a nervous laughter. But my husband, I heard him say very quietly, enough now, there's a fine line. He could see that I was in the point I was either laughing or I was going to just dissolve into tears. So pressing pause, it was important. But then came the, the psychological difficulty of, uh, you know, where is this going to lead me? How am I going to come out of this? Will I come back with less strength than I had before how will I come back how will I do this and this is where it, you know I, I know I always talk about the lives of the saints but I, I really clung to the the little flower Saint Therese 
And I, in those moments, I kept thinking of her life and where she was. And that's the inspiration that brought me through those two weeks was her silence, how she, she suffered in silence, how even these small moments of perhaps it was only folding a couple of, you know, of, of the boys' tops when I would, if I felt able, then it was a small offering to them. As small as it was, I was still able to give of myself. But the biggest thing was having to lie in bed and not be the mum and the wife that they deserve from me. And that's where St. Therese really came into my life and was saying, well, this is something that you, you can offer from yourself to, to accept that this is part of your life um, and to, to be an example of how, how to try and be calm, still be able to smile, still be able to have that hope, still have faith, still turn to God and be able to accept with great humility the help of others. And we spoke of this. Thank you, you know, God bless your giving hands. Thank you for that meal. Thank you for that tea. Because we, we've both spoken of this, Lindsay, and how greatly that costs us not to be the one with the giving hands, haven't we? Yes, yes we have. And it, it pains us deeply. So where have you been? these past three weeks really <laughs> really <laughs> it's it's not been easy um I connect with a lot of what you said um I think for me I have had to surrender to where my body's been at physically emotionally mentally because I pushed up against it and, I mean, it's classic, isn't it? Um, what you resist, it persists. Oh, yeah. So I kept pushing it away and pushing it away and saying, no, no, <laughs> no. Um, I want to be living my life, please. And as you know, I live a tailored life anyway. So, yeah. you know, I, I have gone down the road of acceptance to where I am. But it's where the disease keeps on taking from even where I am now. So I live my life pretty much in, in four walls during the week. And then on, on the weekends, as I've explained before, that's when I have time in nature you know, away from, from home. So I have the garden here, but nature is in the forest and, and the lake um, and the mountains, um, which is where I have and I find great healing. But being here and within the four walls and having forget-me-not garden, as I call her, um, that is my, my sanctuary and my road to acceptance of, okay, this is where I am now. And this is okay, um, being okay with that, um, of not, you know, the great career and being mum who's spinning all the plates in, in the air and the, yeah. the high bank balance and, you know, the big house, shiny car, the, the future that I had had planned for myself and my family, being okay with that. And it's taken me a long, long time to be okay with where I am and and still find much value and purpose of where I am right now, this very moment. But when, as you say, 
their fatigue that um, has no name almost. It's, it's, it's like a word doesn't encompass even a tiny amount of, of, of what their fatigue does. So when that starts taking more from me, that's when for me the SPS becomes stronger and stronger. Yeah. So when I say that I was resisting this, um, I was crawling around on my hands and knees in my garden because it was the only way that I could get around. And I was saying to you, my, my neighbours must think I am mad as a box of frogs. What is this woman doing? But for, for me, I needed to keep trying. I needed to keep moving forward because when I see myself moving forward with those little, you know, fairy steps, I'm at peace and I'm still calm within. But then I couldn't crawl anymore. Then SPS spasms in the, the lumbar part of my back and up the sides of my back yeah. and down my legs. And I was just in this state of, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. Now, not with um, just that, but my normal stuff, you know, because I, 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 on a daily basis, it's the esophagus spasms and, you know, my, my, lung, my lungs and it pushes in and... and my voice, it kind of, um, I don't know, it's like this whisper, isn't it? And I push mm -hmm. and I push and I to talk, but the harder I push, the tighter the spasms get. So all of this now, this amalgamation of, of all of these things going on, plus the virus and high temperature and resisting and resisting, like I was pushing and pushing against where I was um, until I couldn't. And then the surrender came into where, what I call the doodle, the doodle chair, which is my electric mm -hmm. wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Now there was this choice of, do I stay in this bed, or do I allow my husband to very gently help me with my wheelchair, and go and sit at the forest, yeah. that you know, the foot of the forest. Now, do you know what, Em? I don't know whether it serves me to keep doing things like that and to keep pushing and pushing because to stop that fear that comes up and that how I explain to you is like this this sticky syrupy darkness that's within which then starts triggering panic and then when panic triggers SPS becomes tighter within the muscles within every part of me even like my you know my 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 skeletal my my my, my skull muscle sorry yeah. in in my head and right through my face and it will go right the way through me to where i am that stiff i cannot move i cannot breathe i can do nothing mm -hmm. so in a physical sense do we keep pushing should we do that well, there's that fine line, isn't it, to giving up um, or surrendering for a wee while and saying, okay, mm -hmm. okay, let's sit with this. And this is something that I need to learn to do, Em, is sit with it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when I completely shut off from you at the beginning of the week, I wasn't even sending voice messages because oh, yeah. I was like, oh, 
No, I have nothing to say that's of service or of value. It is all so dark and grim and bleak. Right now, I am absolutely petrified. I feel like I am losing my mind. I'm scared. I am scared. But the more scared that I was becoming, the worse the physical symptoms were becoming. But I could not be still in that moment. Um, I could not be still and I had to keep going to the back doorstep and it was causing so much pain, so much physical pain and that fatigue was so heavy. So how how are how is it possible, and I still don't understand this, to be so stiff in so much pain but yet to feel so weak at the same time for the muscles to feel so weak as well as hard. It's really weird. But I had to keep taking myself from the bed, get into the back door to breathe in the fresh air, Mm -hmm. to calm my mind. It's been a hard few weeks. Um, And when I spoke to my husband briefly about this and he looks and he smiles and he says, it's okay, baby. It's just because you've been a little unwell. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not unwell. I'm fine. I'm fine because I'm very careful in the words that I use when I speak. But right now, Em, I think for those that are listening, just to be brutally honest, call a spade a spade. It's been dark. It's been scary. um, But it's come full circle. Yeah. It's come full circle. It has. And, you know, to listen again to where you've been... um, you know, as a friend, it's incredibly difficult to to know that you were trying to go through all of that on your own. So, you know, where we've both been psychologically um, and cognitively as well, we've both been in similar places, but for different reasons. And it's very much like you say, it, it would have taken me, it's taken me a long time to be able to say enough now. But when this fatigue, which had had hit these last few weeks that there wasn't even me being able to say stop it was my body just would not cooperate it would it just would not allow and this brings me to then this um energy giving energy zapping however we oh sorry sorry um before we speak about that can I just say because I don't think I explained myself did I I was crawling around in the garden, not because I was losing my mind, <laughs> no. but but because, no, I don't think I mentioned, I had my heart set on um, Woodland Corner uh-huh. in, the, in, in the garden to, to grow, um, you know, spring bulbs, yeah. to, bring, to bring happiness and joy in uh-huh. the spring. So that's what I was out there doing, guys, okay? Yeah. I was, it was in the sense of, um, you know, SPS, you're not stopping me. I am going to do this anyway. Uh-huh. I will find a way. So if I am not on my legs, I will find a way. And that's why I was crawling, guys, on hands and knees, figuring <laughs> these bulbs in the ground. So before anybody thinks Lindsay has finally lost it, um, no, there, there was a purpose. <laughs> because I yeah. know you know I what, what I was doing, yeah. but nobody uh-huh. listening knows what I was <laughs> what I was doing but I also think going back to the neighbour I think the neighbours if if they were to care to to get you know to peep over the the the, the fence would be thinking look at that courageous woman refusing to give in 
Um, so it's funny how sometimes we, we, we perce- how we perceive ourselves can be so differently to how others can. I um, think that is that is the clincher of this conversation. Yeah, is how we perceive ourselves. Yeah, and do you know? I, I know we're we've, you know to to go back to even the conversations I've had with my husband, um, these past few weeks, and even my eldest son saying, you know, mum, with with all due respect and all the love in the world you're not the center he said and I don't mean that as in like you think you're the center he said we're not focusing fully on you struggling or going about he said we're all so busy we're studying we're doing we're going to the gym we're doing this we're doing that he said take the pressure off yourself you know oh uh, do you know what your your wee boy he is just <laughs> He's like this little fountain of wisdom. <laughs> He's and an old you soul. Haven't, <laughs> you have not spoken to me about that. And, yeah. um, and do you know what? He is absolutely blooming, 100% yeah. nail on the head right there. We're sat here in our own heads uh-huh. thinking almost that we're destroying everybody's uh-huh. life around uh-huh. us, that loves us, that we're wrecking everything. Um, and that's clearly not the case. It's not the case, <laughs> and it is a work in progress. And the, and as like you were saying about your husband, my husband will often say, your perception of yourself, you are far too hard on yourself. And I don't mean this again. I'm I'm ready to start being um and ruminating and thinking. I'm not self appreciating, uh, listeners. I'm not self appreciating, Lindsay. You know, I'm not sitting here with this extra large head. Um, I'm just relaying what you know, my family have said to me to try and help me. Um, and he did say, you know, you, you're far too hard on yourself. They're not thinking that. We're not thinking that. We're just going about our daily life. We see your struggles and if we can help, we will. But my my part of where SPS takes me magnifies the part of my personality where I, I would be a perfectionist. Doris Day, Mary Poppins, I I know we joke about this, but seriously, that was the level that I thought my life had to to live up to in in the respect of giving giving to my family as well as trying to to, um, live a godly existence, you know, living my life with God and, and, and showing them how we can be of service to others. And that can be very conflicting at times as well when you're 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 sick and your body will not allow you to push through. We for me I then have to recognise I am a child of God and and I need to rest too. So it can be very conflicting in my mind. Um and perhaps that's something you know we can allude to another date because it's quite deep and profound. But he, you know, he he has said to me, You you're too hard on yourself. And and what's whatever is going on in your mind, you know, an example here is an example. There's twenty school shirts that are needing ironed, and I'm like, how on earth am I going to get them ironed? Now I could ask my children; they are capable. But as I've said to you, Lindsay, there has to be a line drawn where, you know, you are teaching these children to be independent. You're teaching them life skills. You're teaching them to be caring. But there's a fine line between that and then becoming carers. And for me at this moment, and I appreciate there are so many young, admirable young carers, and, and these 
parents have no choice but to rely on their children and I'm sure it's not an easy an easy undertaking so God bless you all because where I am I struggle with that even you know at this level but there is a fine line between teaching them life skills and then flipping on over to becoming carer for mum and in the midst of that as well they have their busy wee lives. They are faced with a mum that cannot sporadically go out and do A, B or C. And mm. they're anticipating, you know, are you going to this, this meeting tonight at the school, mum? And you can see their wee face like, oh, I hope she's going to be there, but I'm scared she's going to say no. Because that has been the case for many years. So with regards to the school shirts, um, you know, I'm thinking, I need to iron them. How on earth am I going to iron them? And my husband <laughs> said, it's fine. That only takes me a couple of minutes. I was like, for all 20, but no, we'll just do enough for the beginning of the week. Well, I started to twitch and my stomach was in knots. And I'm like, no, they all have to be done. And he's like, no, they don't. And I'm like, mm. And oh, I had to mm-hmm. purse my lips because, and that, as you say, Lindsay, that was on me. And I actually it had is. to sit with myself for a couple of minutes and think, Actually, even if we just have enough shirts for Wednesday, then we're good. And then it turns out the boys are, you know, they come down and they're like, oh, we've still got other shirts in there. Because I've said to you, I was trying to have two and a half weeks of school shirts, if not more. And they're like, oh, we've still got shirts in there. And I was like, oh, don't tell your dad that because I, <laughs> I want some of them ironed. Um, but I had to sit with myself and think he's right. And I just left out enough shirts for Wednesday and I popped the other ones away in the utility so they were out of my mind they were out of sight and and I just had to breathe through that now that sounds to someone who um, has energy who's managing these things it might sound crazy that may as well have been a full house of ironing for me um, those shirts you know it was a mountain of ironing to me basically so as you say it's about learning sometimes going back to basics accepting I know we use the word in inverted commas, adapting, but adapting is more, for me, it's more a behavioural change. I was just going to say that, yeah. actually, and also the fear of the loss of control, yeah. because no one likes being told, loosen the reins a little, my love, don't, things don't have to be super perfect, on point, everything done um, right now, this red hot minute. You know, um, just just relax, (laughs) relax a bit. Um, But I I think, you know, some of it has to do with personality type, always flying by the seat of our pants kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Busy, busy, busy and everything's done. But it has been, I think, my journey. I'm a little bit further ahead Mm -hmm. than you in that respect Mm -hmm. because I, I no longer and maybe it's because I've had to come to terms and accept where I am disease-wise and and in a physical sense. So ironing, for instance, I have not picked up an iron in years because I physically cannot pick up an iron. So I've, I've gone through where you are and all those school uniforms that need sorting out and just becoming a heap on the floor of, I just cannot do this. 
that this is like I I can't mm-hmm. do this and I don't like that word because you know me um, I am always there's always another way there's always another way mm-hmm. there's always another way um on iron shirts is the other way <laughs> there we go because the um, non-iron ones are the the they, they don't, sorry to interject there, Lindsay, but maybe someone's like, what about the non-iron shirts? These are the non-iron shirts, even in the tumble dryer that are coming out from, and I will not name the chain, um, that are still coming out. And I'm sure, you know, that there are many kids going off to school with shirts like that, but that, that again, that's on me. But then I'm thinking as a mum, I don't want them feeling, oh, I, you know, I've got an, a crease shirt. and You, you know, so there's the, the, the mother's heart has to be recognised there, doesn't it, sweetheart? Um, Absolutely, it does. And it is hard, and and I am learning. I I think what's happening from my perspective, Lindsay, is I'm learning where um, SPS and I are, um, where we're arriving at each junction, and things are changing in my body. So something came to mind there of when you were talking about being in your garden and we were talking about energy giving, energy zapping. And it's funny because when those moments started to come where there was a wee beacon of light of, oh, the breathing's easier. Oh, I feel, inverted commas, a little normal, as in normal, as in SPS normal, not at this Mm -hmm. extreme. And I would just nip out into the garden and often without even a coat, enjoying the cold. And one of the reasons that I wanted to actually touch upon was that I recognised that fight or flight was starting to gain momentum in my body. Um, and one of those things, now, this, t- to someone listening, um, would be thinking, this is absolutely crazy. But I had an eyelash stuck in my eye. And you know, sometimes when that happens, you have to run to a mirror and it can feel really uncomfortable and you're like, oh, get it out. But what happened in that moment was it suddenly transcended as if it was in the other eye. And then and then my brain was like, this could possibly... I, I could feel the workings of the fight or flight building a momentum of, this is really serious. There's something really serious wrong with your eyes. And I'm like, pardon? You know, in my mind, I'm like, no, it's an eyelash. You know, and this dialogue started, and I'm not crazy. I assure you I'm not crazy. <laughs> crazy when I get, you know, a dark horse, as you say, but not crazy in the sense of, like, you know, I've lost the plot. And that was a moment that I would have not had two, three years ago. I would have not been able to reach as qu- that, that moment of recognition as quickly and think, okay, with this fatigue, my mind has started to gain momentum. And it's now starting to think that, you know, even if there's a, a niggle in my leg, oh, what is that? That could be something really bad. And it's not neuroticism. It's not Munchausen's. It's a, it's almost as if, you know, like a, a bomb been detonated, that white light stri- streak of fear that comes through your body from, you know, and it's that, it's that, that definitely fight or flight. And I recognised that and I thought, right, Missy, that's not starting up. So what are you going to do? Well, first of all, you're going to get this blinking eyelash out your eye. <laughs> um, and I, you know, and I was at the mirror <laughs> pulling down and I'm like, come on. And I immediately then in my pyjamas, and I've always got a scarf, as you know, because of the, we have 
both experienced this esophageal spasms um, and then the scarf allows for feedback for me it allows to calm and slow down my breathing so I popped on my big scarf and I popped on my um, my Japanese indoor shoes oh shocker Rooney <laughs> and I used them outdoors go oh I'm pushing the boat out there and I just went out and I stood and there was one tiny flower that had bloomed it was the first bud of in the garden to bloom and um I had my phone, I actually tried to record a happy heart moment, but it was so shaky with the fatigue. My hand was all wobbly (laughs) and I said to you, it was a beautiful moment and it was so inspirational, but the camera work was so shoddy that anyone that was feeling dizzy that day would have... (laughs) would have been on the floor so it have served no one but it served me because I have that in recording to say on that day when you felt like that you stepped out of automatic pilot you took charge of that part of your brain and you went out into nature and in that moment I was thankful for the cold air that my and I was reassuring my body this is okay to feel cold this is okay. And then this beautiful little bird, I, I was speaking to this little bird in the recording. <laughs> it was twittering away and I'm saying, oh, thank you, little darling. You know, thank you so much. Um, and then I had Monty coming beside me as if to say, are we going to play ball today, mum? And I'm like, oh, absolutely not, Monty. <laughs> but good for you for hoping. And, you know, I will be more dog tomorrow. But so just to recognise as well in these three weeks what was happening in my body with not just the chronic fatigue but the the SPS and the fight or flight trying to drag me back down into the abyss. Um, So for all it was incredibly difficult like you in your garden you knew there was another way and you knew in yourself instinctively you were drawn towards this light, this light of hope you know, and, and as you rightfully said beautifully on in a piece that you, you wrote on Facebook, I believe, is where there's hope, there's life. And actually, I thought, mm-hmm. actually, you could spin that around as well and say where there's life, there is hope, um, you know. And like you, Lindsay, I started to just go out into the garden with my cup of tea, Monty by, always by my side, this beautiful dog oh I really I don't think we deserve dogs I think they are the most beautiful (laughs) animals I really really do they're so intuitive there's a paw there's you know a head on your lap or it's come on out come mum um you know and he'll just walk with me or he'll just stand with me and just going out into the great healing great healing in animals, all animals, all all animals, the little birds that are in my garden at the moment. Oh, I'm, I'm just like, oh, hello, how are you all? And then it's the swallows. Like, yeah, you didn't want us. You were going, you, you were going to remove our homes, but we're back. <laughs> oh, bless oh. them. So. Yeah, Lindsay, I I understand with regards to the crawling in the garden. And one of the things um, I was actually going to say to you as well was I wanted to ask you about this when you say with regards to SPS. And I wonder if anyone else can connect with this because you certainly helped me understand this a little better Um, because you know that I don't want to talk about GABA and and, and anti-GAD. And isn't that coming strange from a therapist who had a specialist interest in neurology? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, those words don't apply to me. No, thank you. Let's just pop them back. 
And I was walking out. My son was brushing up some leaves and I thought, I have some energy. I'm going to do some energy giving. It was a beautiful day. And I thought, just go out, be gentle, just... And I started to walk halfway to the front of the garden and suddenly my body just... Someone pulled the plug. I don't know who it was. Um, and my body became this hub of activity, static activity. And I said to you, it was like someone bees crawling in the outside and the inside and I was hollow and I was thinking, how am I going to get back into this house, hold my posture up so this wee boy doesn't see his mum you know struggling and trying to get back into the house thinking oh my gosh I'm incredibly unwell why did you push that and and we, you you were able to help me through that moment of saying this is SPS mm. and it shows where I am in my journey of still not coming to terms with moments like that I think it's giving ourselves permission sometimes to realise that a lot of the work, yes, is down to us and being able to move through our day-to-day life and continue to keep trying and doing things. But on the flip side, there is also an acceptance of, in an SPS brain, there is down-regulated GABA. And with that, the SPS brain doesn't have the buffer that someone without SPS has. So that protection from just daily, day-to-day stress, we're more sensitive to because we don't have that buffer. Now, whether or, you know, less of a buffer, um, and particularly, I mean, talking from my point of view, I'm completely unmedicated, completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with um, with SPS, first-line treatment is diazepam mm-hmm. to be able to bring that calmness within the brain because there's all this hyper-excitability activity because of the down-regulated GABA. Now, apologies if I am not explaining this 100% correctly. I am no doctor. I am no neuroscientist. This is just, you know, my understanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of SPS and how it is for me. So being accepting um, sometimes, a lot of the time, actually, because this is why I live my life the way I do, because of the startle response, mm-hmm. um, the hyperexcitability of my brain. Like these past couple of weeks, I've even been triggered in a completely silent room. Does that make sense at the tiniest of noises? Because my brain has been so sensitive to noise and stimuli, emotions, um, past experiences, present moment experiences. And like what happened to you outside, for me, all of that becomes completely heightened because of the severity of fatigue. Yeah. And I think where you were at, because the fatigue was so heightened, Mm -hmm. that's where you became in that position of your whole body just got to a point of, enough now. Mm -hmm. And it just, it it stops, it freezes in in that moment. And, and this is something that, that I go through like on almost a daily basis, mm-hmm. that, that, that freeze response, yeah. um, because that, that trigger of maybe something outside, whether it be the open space, 
and it just felt too much for the body to stay upright because there's nothing to hold on to there's mm -hmm. nothing around mm -hmm. even if you've got a stick or or a, mm -hmm. or a walking aid of any wow. description with you it's just not enough yes. and and even you know when i was in the doodle chair mm -hmm. um on on the weekend sitting up is hard mm -hmm. my body pulls forward it, oh, it, it yeah. scoops forward because that fatigue is mm -hmm. is so so heightened it's so it's so hard um, to, to stay on top of but then when you have a reprieve from the heightenedness of mm -hmm. that fatigue you notice the brain will will settle down more and it it won't trigger as much mm -hmm. to the noises that are around you or to the emotional stimuli that's going on around you you know if somebody's had a bad day and they come in the house and they're like they're, they're completely miffed off if when you're you're in that that heightened state of fatigue and and the brain is hyper excitable and anything and everything is triggering it, the mood that that person might be in, it can send this whole array of 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 like it, it's horrible what it feels like inside. But you take another day where maybe you know your body is more well rested and the brain is feeling more settled, that same instance could happen, but yet you're totally fine with it. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it's incredible. Um, well, it's, it shouldn't be incredible, but there's still those epiphanic moments when you, you're talking of when someone else comes in, perhaps having a bad day, and we feel the vibrations of that. And I was always told I have an external locus of evaluation. So if, if I've never met anyone and I walk into a room and there's tension, I automatically think that it's me that's caused it. And it's taken a long, long time for me to be able to, to you know, step away from that. But um, with SPS, as you say, that immediately goes to that base of my spine that excitability goes to the base of the spine we've spoken about the restless legs though those are a killer as well Lindsay you know and trying I think menopause we've both spoken about this as women you know how menopause isn't really helping with SPS at the moment what do you call it Hel helipause the helipause the oh helipause. that cracked me up yeah the helipause <laughs> the helipause absolutely it, it, it that this is something else that's adding in with um, SPS and everything else that's going on and I think going back to when we first met I said to you that my neurologists and other doctors that I was involved in my care said we actually don't know what is causing what with you because there's just so much going on in your body that we can't pinpoint what's SPS what's menopause what's thyroid what's celiac what, what, whatever it is you know and it's that, strange, Em, isn't yeah. it? How with the with the diagnosis of SPS, how a chain reaction seems to occur. I've noticed that mm -hmm. for a lot of people, um, they say, "Look, SPS has popped up, and now I have five, six yeah. other things going on here." You know, what's this about? Who the heck knows? It's a conundrum, and I don't think we'll ever get to the... Well, I do hope we get to the bottom of it. I always say to you, medicine's a young science. And I think that was my hope over these last three weeks as well, is that one day, I, in fact, I said to my husband, if only somebody could come with one injection and say, we found it, here you are, here's the injection, 
and you, you're going to be off and be okay. And then the other part of me, my heart and my soul part, my, my heart and my soul, who's really me, because this body is really just embodying my heart and my soul and what my body is going through. Um, you know, my heart and my soul are so much stronger than my body and my mind. Um, so when I think about that cure, the part of me that's that's so connected to my faith and to, to God is like, well, no, I don't want to give this away because, you know, then then I don't have much to offer of myself <laughs> to you. And perhaps, I, you know, I can use this to, to help others and to teach others in the way of, of living a life like this. And, oh, oh that, that again, it's very profound. So I have so much conflict as well within me. I'm a very, I'm a very complex um, we human being as as you've started to discover and we're we're incredibly close we're like family but there are still parts of me where I, I have held back with regards to how deep deeply rooted my faith is in my life and how it is the center of my life and how it is my compass for all things even in suffering and I've I've held that back because I know some people are not always as open to that and but I always say to you, I'm very respectful of interfaiths. I'm respectful of all faiths and all beliefs. But going back again, often tangent, that was my hope in those three weeks that they will find something that will really, really help this disease. They need to find something to help this disease. Um, people cannot continue to suffer like this. And I know there are people much worse than I am, Lindsay. And God bless the people that are much worse than I am because to the outside world I have I've used my art products if there's anyone from art listening I'm happy you know for a sponsor in the podcast <laughs> me too yeah I have I have all my products on my yeah. face and my hand cream yeah you're looking beautiful <laughs> um but to the outside world it must look okay as if I because I occasionally you know I'm using the stick but I'm very rarely out but internally sweetheart um, even this morning with the podcast, I, I'm I'm trembling inside. I have those inner tremors. My balance is off. So um, I said to you, I was all set up for today. And my, my wee darling um, had came in like a, a, you know, a diligent little boy and was pra- doing his piano practice before school. He loves his piano and had taken away the piano still and everything. <laughs> you know, my very sophisticated setup. And I was like, holy smoke took a lot of effort last night for me to organise all that and it allowed me that 10 extra minutes in bed and I have to set it up and um, so my balance, everything was off and I, and I really was contemplating messaging you to say let's just press pause, I don't know if this is wise to do this today um, with where I am and it just hits me at the moment because of where I've been sweetheart and knowing where you've been and and I just, I think God bless the people out there who are 10 times worse than I am with this disease. God bless you all because how I'm feeling, this this is raw and this is hard. And But then, you know, then I say to you this bizarre presentation of this disease and folk, but 
Lindsay, focusing on the energy giving, I really focused on the energy giving. So I was in the garden. I was sitting in silence. There was there was no meditation. There was very little interaction apart from when the, the family came home. And we went to the run the run free field with Monty. And I could just sit in the bench. I couldn't do anything else. Um, normally I would try and get some steps in, but I just sat and practiced in my nasal breathing. Enjoyed the watching the sheep being brought down by the farmer, you know, and just really in nature, as you see. And then suddenly Thursday, and your husband, as you see, went chalk white when he heard M's out there driving. <laughs> I know. Now, that was the most sporadic thing. My son was rushing for the bus to go to the gym, and I thought, I think I could drop you. And he's looking at me, and I'm like, yep, yeah, okay. Before I knew it, I'm in the car with my youngest. Now, I have to say, you know, I, I wasn't feeling dizzy. I was feeling safe. I was feeling better. I would never go into a vehicle where I didn't feel, you know, that's why I, I don't drive as often. It felt amazing. <laughs> I was like, go me. The steering wheel felt great. It felt great to just drop him off and say, okay, there you go. And my little one was in the car. He's like, mum, I'm so proud of you. I'm oh, so proud of you. And that was a lovely moment, but it was heartbreaking as well that he had to think like that, you know. But then it allowed for me to go and drive on Saturday as well. And then I was able to drive last night as well. And those were energy giving because there were short journeys. The other thing, I know I'm talking a lot. The other thing I wanted to say to you was a very sporadic husband came down. We're on um, Borealis Watch, as you, you know. We've been on this for years. <laughs> just he comes down he's like it's a red alert and off we go and he came down it was about 11 o'clock at night um and the full family jumped in the car and I I oh my gosh my temperature would not regulate the rest of that day um the next morning and I during the night and throughout the day and I thought oh I've pushed too far but you know you come back to the basics don't you of just rest come on now you'll be okay you've been in a really dark place these last couple of weeks if you can get through that, you're going to get through this and think. You saw a green haze. There was a green and pink haze. You finally saw some of the Borealis. And there's been a lot of stargazing and all these energy giving that has been still difficult with the fatigue, but has allowed my body to start to come in into a kind of rhythm. And you've been yeah. the same with Forget-Me-Not, haven't you? Yes. Yes, I have great healing from that little patch of ground. Um, she never falters. She never leaves me. She's always there, oh, she even does. if I haven't been there for a few weeks. You know, <laughs> isn't it funny? I say to you when you 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 know you speak about a patch of ground, and how can you have so much love for this 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 soil and for all mm -hmm. that grows from you know from her. Um, and the, as you say, the, the first flower, flower buds yeah. um, with the snowdrops and the primroses and just, you know, I look at these little flowers and there's so much life and oh. there's so much love that comes from them, so much healing. Um, and literally place your hands on top of that soil and it is just, I don't know, it's almost like magic if you could just... Yeah bottle it, pop it into a pill form, take it every morning, you know, but um, absolutely, even when I feel that there is, there is nothing inside me that, you know, when you say, how am I still breathing? Yeah. Sometimes it genuinely does feel that way. It is not 
an exaggeration. It genuinely feels that way. But to be and spend time in that little garden and the healing that that she, that, that she brings is quite phenomenal, really. And this is when I said to you as well, with that little time spent at the edge of the forest, you know, and at the the, the park where there is so many squirrels and different um, native birds and there's a there's a gentleman there that takes monkey nuts every weekend such a sweet gentleman and it's like something off you know like a little snow white picture mm-hmm. of all these little animals you know running around and and picking up these little monkey nuts um so for me the the energy that it, it that it takes to go to these places that is where um, I make the trade off because once I'm there, the healing that it gives. Yeah. So when you speak of the, you know, the energy given and the energy zapping, you know, it's these sort of things that gives back. Now, you know, ideally what I would like to do, and I often say to you, Em, is I need to go for a run. If I could just go for a run, because I mean, neither you or I are dumb to the fact that movement is bloody good for you yeah. it is so yes. so so good for you but it's is making um choices where okay i may not be able to go for a run but i can do x y and z i have this little um pedal i've mentioned it before little pedal mm-hmm. machine in my bedroom you know you sit on sit on this the, the sofa in the bedroom and just pedal for a little bit um i've not done that actually for for the last couple of weeks um i've really had to just try and be okay with not being okay mm-hmm. the, you know the last mm-hmm. few weeks but you know i'm i'm moving forward to that again so for me energy giving it started with the phone conversation with you this week that's where i started to come back mm-hmm. into myself um and spending a little bit more time out and forget me not i i sowed some um some sweet peas um, seeds, you know, they're on the windowsill now um, upstairs and um, some sunflower seeds, um, daisy seeds, you know, just really just trying to connect, getting right the way back to basics. There's actually, as as you said yourself, there's been no meditation because I think when, when my brain gets past that point um, of being able to settle itself down, um, it just causes more frustration for mm-hmm. me to try and sit myself still and focus on that meditation. So I feel quite sad in a way that I've had to just let that go the last couple of weeks. But I'm I'm very mindful that that meditation it is a practice, and you need to be practicing it through all the good times, because that then prepares you for when the bad times mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. Don't cling to medication and just wait for the bad time to come because mm-hmm. if you expect yourself just to settle mm-hmm. um, when, you know, everything is chaotic in your mind, it's just not going to work. So I've just, I've really just had to let that go. Mm-hmm. I will obviously now start coming back to bringing meditation back into my day. Can I just um, interject there, Lindsay, just to say, sorry, sweetheart, with regards to meditation, though, there is meditation in the silence of the garden. There is great yeah, meditation there. Yes, yeah. Yes. And and I, I know you know that as well, but sometimes that is all the meditation that a busy, overwhelmed mind and body needs is silence and tactile feedback. As you speak of the the um 
you know, the soil. And I was speaking to you of this of um, with SPS, you know, um, first coming around, I think, within the, the war veterans. And that's when OT um, was established. And it was actually just using stuffing to f- and basket weaving. And it was just in silence. So, you know, don't underestimate what you're doing. You are. I know we talk about the guided meditations, but what you're doing yeah. is, is, is your your body and your mind are we're guiding you to that silent meditation. I think. Yeah, I I think that came from um this week, didn't it? Our conversation um of purpose, purpose. um because I I said to you. Um, if I just spend my life <laughs> in these four walls and my little garden, what on earth is my purpose? Mm-hmm. What's it all about? And it, you know, it, it is quite profound and quite deep looking at it in in that way. But then when I start, you know, really looking closely at my thoughts and what's going on in this head of mine. Mm-hmm. And I realize my subconscious is just, as you mentioned earlier, on autopilot and to really, really be mindful of being present and in the the forward part of my brain, in the conscious part Mm -hmm. of my brain and try and and drown out the the subconscious because those patterns in the subconscious, they've been there for 40 years, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and and just to try and, and get a handle on saying, shh, quiet now quiet um and and keep moving forward and when we speak of purpose and when I look um I kind of really had to reflect this week on how far I've come in the respect of um you know when we speak of suffering of this disease mm-hmm. believe it or not suffering through this disease whether it be physically because of it or whether um, it be emotionally because of the impact that it has brought upon my personal life, mm-hmm. you know, career, family, mm-hmm. etc. I mean, that has been huge. Um, and there has been massive losses and sacrifices in my life because of this disease when it entered, yes. you know, entered my life and what it did. But through that suffering, um, and I never thought I would hear myself say it, Em, but through that suffering is almost like my life truly began. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Oh, yes. I was able to shed the old me, maybe more so, you know, the the, the physical Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one in a physical sense that never really stopped to see the flower because she was too busy running with a baby under her arm, mm-hmm. um, a work folder under the other arm, um, trying to start the car, baby in the car seat, you know, organising shopping list, got to pick that up after uni lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, there was all these things going on in my life. There was no time to stop. Mm-hmm. There was no time to think with my heart. It mm-hmm. always came from my head because I was mm-hmm. always so busy Mm -hmm. and always so busy about worrying about everybody else as well Mm -hmm. never really gave a second thought to me and then through the suffering of all of this and shedding who I was and becoming very connected to my heart space Mm -hmm. some people may say you know that's the connection to God 
other people say source energy inner being you know true authentic self mm. however you wish to label but that connection to my heart in who I truly am and seeing my purpose being that I am here that I have walked this journey I've got to where I am I'm still growing and still learning but in that I can serve others indeed and I, I think listening to you it's heartbreaking to hear what you've you've experienced but to almost have an awakening in your heart and your soul yeah. and to share with you and, and this is very personal to me and I never thought I would ever share this this out with even just my husband um Lindsay is that I, I have been spinning all the plates as you know as well but my, my faith has always been integral to to my from a very young child I've always had a strong connection with with God and with the Blessed Mother and with the lives of the saints and the little saint I speak of at the moment Saint Therese who she, she was a character she, she's one she's actually my confirmation saint and I've been to Lijoux where she was and there are photographs where people often think in my parents home they think it's me um because apparently we resemble one another very um physically and um, facially and then we both had you know the same long curly hair but this saint I've always really struggled to get a grip with but she always keeps coming into my life almost like knocking at my door and saying read more about my life and her, she did have a very difficult life but we have a very similar where both our parents um fathers were watchmakers and it's just a very similar background but anyway Lindsay um from a young child um Saint Therese was in the the Carmelite order and from a very young child I always wanted to be a Carmelite nun and then I met my husband um at a young age a tender age of 16 and even then I still would think I don't know I really feel that I have a, a calling to the the religious the religious life and my husband knows this even up until the moment where I took my religion my, my wedding vows I had that moment of am I doing this should I become a nun um and that's how close my life has been well it should be closer to God I don't say that with any pride um because I'm probably if anyone was to follow an example, please don't follow me because I'm getting everything incredibly wrong. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not living the life probably that, that is intended for me in the sense of being more Christ-like. But throughout my journey with SPS and my life ground to halt, I said to you that it was almost as though I, I, I felt within me this movement of God saying, you kept asking me to help you and I kept trying to show you how to slow down but you would not slow down because I kept saying I want to live a life more giving to you and I'm trying to do that by spinning all the plates and trying to help people but not being when I say help it was almost in, a, in this kind of superman speed so not mm. always spending as much time with my with my patients I would but with my family I, I was a very hands-on mother but sometimes quite agitated and because I had so much to do and I was aware of my parents etc and I used to say oh please help me be more 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 slow and gentle and giving of myself and as of late the last couple of years where I said to you had I at the beginning of the diagnosis of SPS never mind where the, the symptoms started had you told me then where I am now I'd have run for the hills I would have been terrified 
because I could have never accepted where I am. So, you know, thanks be to God that it's been a slow trickle for me. And he's, he's recognised me, uh, um, recognised how this disease has had to come into my life, how I've had to learn acceptance. But the last three years have been incredibly difficult, as you know. And this, again, you know, this is something very personal, but perhaps might resonate with some listeners out there. When one of the days where I've never questioned why I have this disease, but I was thinking, where on earth? I keep saying, I am where you want me to be, God, but where is it that you want me to be? Mm. Because I'm up and I'm down and I, I'm not serving and I'm lying in bed or I'm, you know, I make a meal and then I'm bust for the rest of the day or I don't have the time to listen to when my children and I'm desperate and I love them so much that I want to, you know, just pour out my heart and give them everything of me. But they come to me with one small problem, like you say, and my body seizes, my back seizes, my mind mm. goes into overdrive. I feel like I'm ready to burst into tears and it's like I'm lost. And I I had this moment of realisation that this... I don't know if it's an awakening, I don't know if it's in my own mind, where in, I didn't hear any voices, but I had this movement in my heart of, this is your caramel, this is your caramel. So when they talk of caramelites, and the emotion that came over me when I realised, oh. here is my purpose, this is my caramel, because the caramelite is an enclosed order. And I would often say, why can, why can I not get in that car and drop my children to school? Why can I not drive out to my mother who's sick? Why do I then have to, you know, my husband who's spinning all the plates for all of us, and I have to then, he has to take this this weight, and I don't mean the weight of of someone needing us, um, in the sense of them being a burden. I mean the weight of having to then appease clients support a wife, support family, support, you know, other family members. So, and it becomes incredibly difficult, Lindsay, you know, because you feel trapped. You feel so trapped in this body, but your heart and your soul has so much to give. It's bursting with with love and it's bursting with compassion and it's bursting to the seams and you're thinking if only I can get out of these four walls I could make such a difference just by smiling at someone or just by going for their shopping or delivering a magazine or spending having that energy to really engage in a a conversation with the lonely lady who's walking along the road Mm -hmm. hoping to stop we've had that so frequently when the boys were younger she always carried a little sweetie this lady to give to my boys and I recognized she was lonely and she just wanted someone to talk to and I think of that and I know you're of the same being and this is where we connect as soul sisters this is where we connect from our heart space Lindsay you and I but yes that was my realization of this is your caramel and now my task is to try and learn to accept within this caramel how to deal with the SPS and where it is keeping me within the four walls but thankfully still been able to get out into the garden Um, still thankful to be able to get out with my husband and my family yes that small drive etc but it's not as you say it is not an easy task and I know this is very deep today and it's not one of our usual happy you know laughter 
but I think it serves great purpose to discuss it. And which leads me on to Lindsay, our conversation the other day, um, when you were saying, how did you get yourself out of that mindset? Was it the tears that allowed you to mm. almost release from, from where you were psychologically? Um, and you feel that that, that face-to-face conversation helped you, Lindsay. What, what did you feel was happening in that moment, if it could help anyone that was listening to reach out to someone else? What do you feel helped you? I think firstly, connecting with another human being. Mm-hmm because I live a very, very quiet life, extremely quiet, trusting that my friend loved me so much that there would be no judgment. And that, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, that I felt seen, someone saw me. You know, you looked at at my my little face <laughs> and you were like I see you <laughs> Hello. you know I genuinely see you and I think with with SPS and 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 listening to what you were saying about you know your husband and the situation with work and clients and spinning the plates um, how it makes you feel and where you're at and where I was at this week of um, okay, let me explain this a little bit better. Um, my SPS journey started before yours in the sense of when it all kind of erupted. So where you're at now is where I was, say, 10 years ago. And I felt so isolated and so alone with it. And I genuinely believe no one else in this world could have possibly, you know, possibly have been going mm-hmm. through what I was and my family. Mm-hmm. And it led to, you know, having three small children. It led to my husband having to give up his career. Yeah. Um, and because SPS presented in me in a way that um, full body spasms came very fast, very quickly in yeah. my deterioration with with this disease. Um, there was no option but for my husband to be at home 24-7 with me and our, you know, our small family. So these huge changes were going on. And within these huge changes, I was stuck in my own mind. There was no one to connect to in the respect of who knew what I was going through. There was no one. There was no one to reach my hand out of that sea of water and say, I am drowning, help me, see me, hear me. Now, even though obviously my husband was there supporting and and other family members and friends at at the time that, you know, that that are are not part of my life anymore, but they, you know, that they were there and and for a certain period of time they tried to to understand, but, but they never truly could. And I think that's the thing with with this disease is I don't think anybody can fully understand where you're at with it if they've not experienced it it themselves. And I wouldn't wish this disease on anyone, but um, I'm so relieved um, that you came into my life so you can sit on the opposite side and say, okay, I truly do hear you. I truly do see you because I walk this path 
to. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what was the pinnacle of the change for me this week, even though we've known each other for quite some time, that realisation of, okay, M actually goes through these emotions too. She actually hits these dips too. She actually does know what this feels like too. Um, and to have that connection with, with someone else, it really is something that is worth its weight in gold. Because if I had had something like that a decade ago, would my life have panned out any differently by communicating with someone who really understood me? Because I think when, particularly when you're newly diagnosed with this disease and the, 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 the symptoms are so shockingly difficult to understand that you, you become tighter and tighter within your own self you, you, to the point where you just completely shut off because you don't know what else to do. And it's so damaging. It's so damaging. So I think, you know, if you're listening, connecting with like-minded people, and I mean, I know this, this, this disease affects us all differently. And, you know, what for me, say my friendship with you, Em, may not be somebody else's flavour. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So... Yeah connecting with like-minded people and people that serve you as well as you serve them so once you get past all the yucky stuff and the darkness and and the stuff that's really not great you still then bounce back off each other yeah. and lift each other up and then you start bouncing ideas around and you, you truly do start finding another way mm -hmm. now I'm not saying you know not be independent and be able to do that but I think when the going gets tough really gets tough you don't have to do it alone no. because when you try carrying that heavy burden by yourself and then you do keep sinking into the rabbit hole and you go further down and you go further down it's not a good place to be it's not nice so you know do what you can to connect with like-minded people. Yeah. I think that's what I would take away from this because that conversation of finally not running around in my own head trying to fix everything that was bad and wrong um, and just sitting and speaking about it and being raw and honest mm -hmm. about it and then turning it around, that's... That's the, the, the whole point of all of this. It is not to stay in that dark place. It is to experience joy and love and laughter of this life because indeed this life, it is a gift. It is precious. It is. And no, no matter what is going on physically in one's life, there is always something to be grateful for, thankful for, you know. Um, and just last night, for instance... Um, I spent the evening cozied up on my bed with my daughter. We were watching Friends, giggling like two little school kids, you uh -huh. know, um, just being lighthearted and happy. Um, you know, we cooked some pasta together and we just had just beautiful um, mum-daughter time. And that in itself 
was a blessing from God, you know, because yeah. it is in those moments that you know that you are living your life on purpose. You are here for a reason. And it doesn't have to be these huge, um, massive, grandiose things, yeah. you know, it's the small, meaningful, loving moments that makes everything worthwhile so you know if you are going through a time where it is so dark and so sticky and yucky you think I'm not going to come back from this I promise you you will yeah. as long as you make the steps forward to come back from this so I got stuck for a little while over these last couple of weeks and now I am moving forward again with my little fairy steps on my little journey road um, to to healing and being the best version of myself that I can possibly be. Yeah. I think, Lindsay, just listening, again, there's a few things coming to my mind. One of them, as you see, you know, this gentle step forward. I, I have been trying to conserve my energy to go out the evening walk with Monty, um, either with my son or my husband and I tried to record a happy heart moment but Monty was too happy that evening he'd found a, a discarded um Costa drink and he was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> um and then because he he's getting used to me on the walks again and I think he sensed that I was recording because I there was Jupiter and um was it Saturn and Jupiter that I took the picture to show you because oh, you know this it was beautiful it was beautiful those and there was a, a full moon and it was absolutely stunning and there was still bird song and I was like oh this is wonderful and I was speaking to my eldest you know about what his plans are for the future and then because of this beautiful bird song and Monty and his stride you know if you ever see Labradoodles they bounce they're just so happy 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 and then he found this Costa cup and I don't know if it was a sugar rush. I don't know what it was, but there I was. I was like, hello, and here I am. And I was going to share with you. And then Monty started bouncing like Tigger. And my <laughs> son was like, Monty, you know, get it together. And he's, it was almost like, I can't. I'm so happy. I, I just need to get this out. And I've been trying to make sure I've been conserving that energy. But what I've been thinking of with regards to that and our conversations, and you're right with regards to our relationship, because, you know, when, even when it's a really difficult day, I think, you know what, I'm going to speak to Lindsay and I might just allude a tiny wee bit and then she'll come back on and go, how are you? Really? Are you all right? <laughs> but when you sp we speak of this and we speak of the beautiful moment that you had with your most beautiful girl last night. And, you know, that when I'm recording to you last night with the podcast, with regards to today's podcast, and I don't know how many times I was interrupted with the hugs. Good night. You know, you could oh, hear it. And it I'm, always makes me smile. And, yeah. And one of them, I was like, this is your gazillionth hug. I'm on to you, but come here. Do you know what encapsulates all of this, Lindsay, and what is so beautiful that in the midst of the darkness and the difficulty of, of where we've been the last three weeks or where we've been even throughout life, the word that comes right to the forefront is love. That's what it is, sweetheart. It's love. Love can penetrate through the darkest of moments, the darkest and what seems the most strongest of barriers. Love, oh, 
and and that um is that a motorbike outside mm. well you you probably can't hear the diggers the diggers are ruining my happy heart moments in the garden <laughs> i'm like the wee birds going toot, 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 and i'm like and here we are in the next minute here do, 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 and i'm like ah do you know come on <laughs> How inconsiderate. <laughs> well, I'm actually thinking of getting a drone and putting a wee sign up to say silence. I'm trying to record. <laughs> but um, going back to that, love can penetrate through all of this. And it doesn't have to be all gushy mushy. There are some people who are not huggers. They just need silence. I'm a hugger. But it, it's just all you need is someone to care, knowing someone cares, knowing that someone is there and that that they do love you for what you are, for what you're going through. And love has no expectations. It has no expectations. Love is is to give. Um, It doesn't look to receive, you know? Oh, no. Are they back again? Yes. Go away, motorcyclist. I I don't do well with it. (laughs) Shall we? Well, do you know what? We have blethered till the days long. Shall we use this to round up then? Because perhaps there is a a crowd of um, motorcyclists outside your, um, on on route to pass by. Um, And perhaps this is a, a moment to be able to to draw to a close today because it's been a lot for for us this is the longest we've spoken probably even to our family in three weeks yeah so let's try and end in a, a typical Lindsay and um moment of joy how is your shell bikini um threading <laughs> going on over there I'm finding that I'm going up a size <laughs> Oh my goodness, I know, the lack of movement, right? <laughs> movement around the hips? No, like, no, was it movement on the lips? Like, lifetime on the, the on the hips. Uh, <laughs> and I did, oh, speaking of that, uh-huh. I did eat a box of chocolates this week um, with the dessert chocolates oh, yeah. um, that, that my, my beautiful young lady brought home for me, bless her, with my bunch of, my bunch of flowers and... And all things yummy. It was my stem cell birthday this week. I didn't want to mention, um, yes, in case you yes. didn't want to share. So happy so, birthday, um, new immune system. Thank you, my darling. But um, yes, so all those chocolates, I did share four. Four? <laughs> I shared four. That's, that's kind of <laughs> and you. I, and I <laughs> ate the rest. Um, yes, so this tummy of mine and these hips of mine, but it's fine. It's fine. The movement will start again, won't it? slow and steady I think that's what we always have to remember with this you know like we said earlier that it goes full circle it does so you know genuinely this too shall pass nothing ever stays the same no one moment will you ever repeat in your life ever no it's constantly changing and I think we you know just to to be in that frame of mind of you know all is well nudge nudge wink wink but gen, you know, generally, you know, no, genuinely, sorry, all is well because this too shall pass. If you're having a tough time, it will pass. Well, you know, the sun, the sun does shine after after the storm, does it not? It does, and this is what I sing actually to my mum because she's had a difficult time in hospital, and when she, the, you know, when the blows are hitting, I start singing Annie. The sun will come out tomorrow. And that's now what we'll sing together. And sometimes, you know, going around the house, I'll sing that the sun will come out tomorrow. It will. 
you know, and then again, I know I bring this dog in, but Monty is looking at me like it's already shining. It's shining within our hearts. Just tap into your heart, mum, and this the sun is there. And it, it too sh- it, this too shall pass. And I can assure you, where you've been, you've been in a much more difficult place than I have. You are a collector of viruses, young lady. Um, so I think we need to, to wrap you up and put you in a bubble somewhere. <laughs> where, where does it come from? I when I know. go nowhere, when I do go, I go know, somewhere, it's, it's, always, it's always in nature. There's no people. <laughs> I know, it's nature, it's something. Speaking of which, before we do go, Lindsay, I have to laugh at my, um, when I was saying, you know, I'm coming down, I will be coming down to Wales, I'm coming to see you. And um, I said to you, I know what I'm like with SPS, struggling with face-to-face, you know, meeting people face-to-face. And I said to you, what we'll do, we'll book a room in the travel lodge and we'll both hobble in there and we'll just lie on the bed. And then I said to you, can imagine the, the pair of us? They'll be oh. like, what the heck's going on there? And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, my friend, there's always a way. Do you see, see? how we're figuring it out? Yeah, figuring it out. You know? Figuring it out. I said to you, I'm on my way to Wales, and you're like, holy smoke, let's go on holiday to your husband. You're like, where can we go anywhere but Wales? She's on her way. But speaking of which, I'm hoping that that shepherd's hut is just pressed and paused and that you will be booking soon for that much-needed break, lovely. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I think, you know... God bless hubby, two and a half years since he had, you know, a good block of time off work. Mm -hmm. So I wonder when that opportunity will come up again. But as you said to me um, this weekend, just a night on, Mm -hmm. on, you know, over a weekend just to um, just just to mix things up a bit, you know, to there there is a world out there after all. And, um, you know, get that night in. And then who knows? Maybe maybe he'll have a few days, you know, within yeah. the within the the next few months. He's just so busy, you know. I he say to you, hard. I fly I fly by the seat of my pants, but that man, my goodness, yeah. he flies by by the wheels on his truck. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We're very blessed, aren't we? That they they work so hard, and I'm very conscious. I know you are as well of how hard they work to to support so that you know we, we don't feel the strain of of not not working now but as i say to you being a homemaker is a very worthy a very worthy job and keeping the fo- the home fires burning really allows for those that are out working to come home and be able to relax and feel that their world all is well you know but anyway that's another topic for another day because we could, I was just thinking yeah, that, yeah. so yeah. I so Lindsay has um, composed an absolutely beautiful poem that we will attach to the end of this podcast it's available on Facebook too but for now I am very thankful that we have managed to get to recording day yay and a long recording <laughs> <laughs> that it's been um, and that I've been able to see my beautiful friend once again in person and looking much better 
than oh, the other day. You. Yes. Thank you. I am. Um, I. I just want to say though. I think from where we were speaking from today, be gentle with us, listeners, yeah. <laughs> because um, sharing the way that we have oh. today. You know, it's it's not easy for me to open up. I I know that much, but I'm hoping that it will be of value to someone who is listening. That they'll be able to connect, and and not have to go through the processes that you and I have exactly. had to to go through. Yeah. Does does that make sense? So hopefully, by us reaching out and being very honest, very open, and very raw with where we've been someone else out there can say okay these two women not just one but two women mm-hmm. have been experiencing quite um a turbulent few weeks and they've reached some lows there in the respect of not just physically to where they're crawling <laughs> <laughs> but um emotionally mentally they've really really been been in quite a place where they've they, they've worked hard to come back out the other side. They've grown from it. Mm-hmm. And now they're continuing to, to walk mm-hmm. their, their, their path. So um, I, I am hoping that, you know, this does connect with someone out there. Um, and, and for you to know that you, you, you don't have to be alone through yeah. all of this. And those emotions that you do feel, they are normal. You're not losing your mind. You're I promise not. you, you're not. It's just you're dealing with a lot and you are but human. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's beautiful, Lindsay. And I think if you don't mind, I will sign off for both of us by saying with a heart full of gratitude, love, acceptance and hope. Until next time, lots of love from Lindsay and Em. Good morning, beautiful souls. How are you? We have a snow day here. And with that snow day, some inspiration took me. Um, Just jotting down a a few words. So, here they are. What I would give to be able to chase snowflakes again. To build a snowman, lay and make snow angels. Have a snowball fight and go sledging too. The child within me this morning is shouting with excitement. Let's go, let's go. The snow is so fun. We need to hurry. It will be gone as quickly as it has come. My heart feels heavy as I give a smile back at her. I whisper, little darling, not today, maybe next year. It's hard when my body just won't cooperate. It's disobedience, you know. It just won't tolerate. Is it too much to ask to make memories in the snow? Fatigue, stiffness and pain tugging me back by my hair. No, I won't let you go. Don't you even dare. I breathe a deep sigh. I turn from my back door and I hear my heart silently cry. I can't help but wonder. Have I been living a lie? Pretending everything is okay, spouting the words, all is well. When really I've been feeling like I'm living in hell. I miss being with my beautiful children. I miss my life. And even though he won't say, I know my husband misses his healthy wife. 
The journey is hard, the challenge is real. But as I turn about on my heel, I tell myself I will figure this out as life is precious without a doubt. So when I find the answers, I'll let you know. And maybe one day I will meet you out there, laughing, running and chasing the magical flurry once more in the snow. With love always, Lindsay. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, SPS Unscripted Podcast. If you would prefer to DM us privately, then do so with the Facebook Messenger app. We're also over on Instagram, SPS Unscripted Podcast One, all one word. A gentle reminder, we are not medical professionals. This content is reflective of personal journeys where we follow advice from our medical teams and we strongly advise that you always consult your medical professional for advice.